Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Not going to waste any time. I'll turn your Bible to the book of John, St. John chapter 5. Uh, hope we can be of a help this morning. Um, it is our desire, and so we're just going to jump right in and read the Word of God. And um, I, I believe this very, very familiar story is has a lot of truth in it that we could really use. And as I more and more I studied it, the deeper and deeper it got. Uh, but I, I believe it will open our eyes to some uh, some really, really valuable truth. So if you found your place, John chapter 5, we're going to start reading in verse number 2. If, if you're able, I ask you to stand and honor God's Word. If you're not, that's perfectly fine. Hopefully those of you at home are reading along with us as well. Uh, Join right in with the message. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. Let us pray. Father, just so thankful this morning for the service we've had. Thank you for the uh, the spirit that has been here. And Lord, the eagerness, the enthusiasm, Lord, of the congregation to worship you. How we thank you for it. all that have gathered with us this morning in person, as well as all those that have joined us online. I pray, Lord, now you'd remove me out of the way. I pray that you would speak through your Holy Spirit to each and every one that is listening. May we have a greater understanding, Lord, of your word, I pray in Jesus' name. and Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> So as I study this uh, very familiar text, I'm sure most of us are uh, are very familiar with it. Um, I begin to look at it, and is this not uh, the the perfect picture of the church? And that's point number one: is it's a picture of the church. And you say, Pastor, where, where do you see that? Well, as we look at it, um, 
I'm not going to get into what the troubling of the water was and all of that, but if you look in verse number three, it said there was a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So here's the picture that I see. There are a lot of people with a lot of needs that have come someplace that they believe there's help. Isn't that what church is supposed to be? Isn't that what church is supposed to be? It is a place where people can come. Uh, listen, we, we don't want to be a place where if you don't have any problems and you got it all together, that's the kind of people we want. We want to be a place that says, listen, if you have problems, we have the answer. And it is Jesus. Amen. He is the answer. And so this should be a place where people come who have all kinds of problems. And really, the church should be the place where we say it does not matter what your problem is. We got the answer amen Amen. whatever problem you have bring it in here we'll we'll help you with it now let me just stop right here in the message do you guys believe that do you guys believe that because that's kind of an important question if we believe we can solve some of their problems if we believe we can solve most of their problems if we believe this has got some good ideas we're in the wrong place because this has the answer to every problem that there is. And as a church, we ought to know that. We ought to know that no matter who comes in, if you have addictions, we can help you. If you have marriage problems, we can help you. If you have finance problems, we can help you. If you've got death and grieving, if you've got depression, if you've got sin, whatever the problem is, we can help you. We have the answer. Amen? And so church ought to be a place where people come in with all different problems and every, every uh, uh, conceivable issue, and we say we have the answer. We want you. We want you. If you have a problem, we want you. But then we have the answer to whatever you need. <clears throat> and that's what we find in this problem. So the church needs to be a hospital. But can I say we need to be a hospital with a cure? Right? It's nice to advertise, come in if you have problems, but if we can't help you, then it's kind of false advertising. We need to be a place where you come in and we can give you the answer. We can cure you of your problem. Uh, so, so we see that uh, the people come to church and they come to church looking for a solution. And, but, but you know, if I could just stop right here before I go get into the message a little further, a lot, you know what a lot of people really want? And, and I know that a lot of Christians have maybe have messed this up for people. But you know what the world really wants? If they are messed up, they want to come into church and they want us to wave some wand over them, say some prayer, and God just fixes all their problems and they don't have to do anything. (laughs) Is that right? My marriage is messed up. Would you pray a prayer and my marriage be all better? No, you need to do what the Bible says and your marriage won't be messed up. Oh, I've, I've got financial problems. I, 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 would you just, would you just help me? I got financial problems. Well, let us show you what the Bible says. You won't have financial problems anymore. We, 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 uh, you know, we got a little different policy here at church than, than maybe some churches, but, uh, if someone comes in and wants, and wants, you know, says, well, I'm in need, we'll, we'll gladly help you. But we've actually had this happen. Uh, we don't just write checks out. We don't just continue to just give you money just because you say you're in need. But we've had people come in and they'll say, boy, I'm really in need. I'm really in need. We'll help them out. Oh, I'm really in need. I'm really in need. We'll help them out. Oh, I'm really in need. Okay, let's talk about the Bible and what the Bible says about your finances. 
Let's help you help yourself. Remember that I was saying, um, uh, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life, right? Well, that's a better approach. You know what those people do? Oh, if that's what it is, I ain't coming back anymore. They're coming for a check, they're not coming for help. See, we need, to, we need to give them the Word of God because the Word of God will fix them. But a lot of people come to church wanting a, a magic wand waved over them, wanting a prayer said, fix all their problems. They can go on living the way they... That's not the way this works. This is a book that will fix every problem, but you got to do what the book says. If you don't do what the book says, this book really won't do you a whole lot of good. And by the way, it's not a book of suggestions. It's a book of commands. Amen? So people come in... Do you know what I mean when I say crisis mode? You know, a lot of you have been going here for a long time. How many hundreds of people have we seen come in, ball their eyes out, my marriage is falling apart, my kids are out on drugs, I've got this health problem, I, you know, my finances are terrible. I've, you know, how many have we heard come in with that? They're, they're in crisis mode. They, they come in, they're hurting, they want fixed, and they come to the church to get the answer. But often they leave, and they're not any better than when they come. We're going to get to that here in a minute, so I want you to hold on to that. So, if the church is a place where people come to get their problems solved, if we have all of the answers, why are there so many people that never get better? Is that a good question? Is that a good question? Why are so many people don't get better? There are people that go to this church have been 20, 30 years having the same problem. Come here Sunday after Sunday. So we've got two things. Either the, the, this church doesn't have the answer or there's something wrong. Because some people are just not getting better. And I, I'm not here to be mean this morning. I, I want this to be helpful. Um, but look at verse number verse number 5. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Most of us would say that's a long time. For a lot of you, that's longer than you've been alive, right? We'd all say that's a pretty good chunk of a, of life. He's laid there with a problem. So if you get the picture, here is a man who has had the same problem for thirty eight years. And this is what Jesus uh, when Jesus sees him and when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case. You've been this way a long time. Jesus comes to you and he says, you've been this way a long time. I've got the answer here. I I can fix things for you. Do you want to be better? Now, the title of the message, let let me read the the question and I'll tell you the the thing. But the the strangest thing that Jesus has, so we have a whole group of people who have a lot of problems. They've come to a place where they believe they can get an answer. And there is a man who has been there for 38 years with the same problem, not getting any better. And Jesus knows this man has been there for 38 years and Jesus does the strangest thing. Now, if it was like people wanted to be today, Jesus would have just smacked him on the head and said, okay, you're healed. But Jesus did a really weird thing. Brother Charles, he said, do you want to get any better? And you could say, what is wrong with Jesus? Of course he wants to get better. He's been laying there for 38 years and he's, he's, he come to get better and he's been there for 38 years. And Jesus says, wilt thou 
be made whole. You know, I don't believe there's one word in this Bible by accident. I don't believe Jesus says anything just he didn't have anything else to say. I don't believe this was... I believe Jesus said exactly what needed to be said. Now, we could speculate all day, but can I tell you that Jesus asked that question for a reason? Do you know that there are people in that day they did not have welfare they did not have social security they did not have disability so if you were disabled you would present yourself as pitiful as you could and you would beg people to give you money and they would come up and they would say oh you poor guy you can't walk let me give you a little bit of money do you know that some people became quite content in that state. Are you guys with me? And what Jesus was really saying is, now, before we do this, I want you to think about it. If I heal you, you may have to get up and work for a living. You may not get sympathy anymore from everybody you see. You may not hear them say, oh, you poor guy. They might say, get out there and work. Wilt thou be made whole or would you like to stay in the condition that you're in it is a clear question and we don't know why jesus asked the answer asked the question but clearly i believe there was a reason now the bible doesn't say this and i'm not i'm not putting anything in there that's not i'm just gary's just thinking out loud we read this story and we think of course he wants to be healed jesus just heal the guy but I wonder if this guy had to think about it a little bit. Do I want to give up everything I've been doing? I got it pretty good. I lay here and so they feed me and I don't have to do anything. And, you know, I just beg when I want something. And did he say, man, once they heal me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to give up everything I've ever known. And I'm going to have to live a whole different life. Now, let's just take a poll right here. How many of you think it's better to be crippled and not be able to do anything or to have a healthy body? I mean, do we, do, do we take a vote? I mean, most people would say it's better to have a healthy body. But there's a decision has to be made. Will you take help or will you not? Title of the message is No Thanks. So would you guys agree with me that standing before this crippled man who has had this problem for 38 years is the answer? I should have got some amens on that. Was the, was the answer standing right before? In other words, was it possible that Jesus, that he would say, yeah, heal me? And Jesus said, well, I can't. Can't help you. Is that possible? No. The answer was there. Jesus could heal him. And, and so he's asking him, do you want me to heal you? And he literally asked the question, do you want to get better? And if that man would have said, no, thanks. Do you know he would have laid there the rest of his days? Is anybody getting this? I know it's real simple, but it's really kind of deep if you think about it, because there are a whole lot of people who come into church saying, I want help, but they really don't want help. They want someone to pray a prayer and let them continue to do what they're doing, and it's going to fix all their problems. Do you know that's not how it works? Now, here's a big word. It's an ugly word. It's not a politically correct word. It's a word we're not supposed to use anymore. But you know what we really got to do sometimes when we come into the house of the Lord? Take responsibility. 
That ain't very popular, is it? It's always somebody else's fault. It's always got to blame somebody else. It's always, you know, the reason I'm in this condition is because of somebody else. Reason I don't go to church because the pastor. Reason I don't have any money is because that dumb boss. Reason I, you know, it's always, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to be a big boy and say, I'm going to take responsibility. What do I got to do to get my life straightened out? My life is a mess. I'm tired of blaming everybody else. And I want to take responsibility and do what God says so I can have a good life. You know, I don't want to get all political this morning, but we're in a mess in this country. I think everybody agrees with that. We're in a mess. You know why we're in a mess? Because we're teaching our kids in school and in universities, and, and we're teaching them on the TV that everybody is a victim. And if you have any problem in life, it's somebody else's fault. And all you need to do is just feel sorry for yourself and let everybody else take care of you. See, what I don't realize is that is how you ruin a nation. Because now you no longer have people who will take responsibility. You have people who want other people to fix their problems as long as they do nothing. And that is, that is the ruination of a nation. Do you know why this nation is so great? Do you know why it is so great? It was founded upon the Bible. It was founded upon Jesus Christ. But it was also founded by people who said, when it gets hard, we're going to do it anyway. When it is impossible, we're still going to do it. You know, in, in World War I, World War II, we were a little nation that was considered nobody, and, and Hitler was taking over the world, and this little nation said, uh, it might be hard, but we ain't going to let him do this, and we didn't let him do it. And our moms got down on their hands and knees, and they prayed for their boys, and our men went over and acted like men, and we won the battle. It's time we stop saying, I'm a victim, and start saying, I want to take responsibility for who I am. So, we have a whole bunch of people who have a whole bunch of problems, just as in church. We have people who have been there a long time in that condition, and Jesus asked them, Wilt thou be made whole? So let's look at point number two. Let's look at the people's response. The people's response. Isn't it kind of common today? I, listen, I, I, I get the thing we're all humans, okay? I hear that all the time. We're all, I'm only human, right? But isn't it a lot easier to complain and bellyache, and find fault than it is to say, okay, what do I have to change to get better? Uh, isn't, that, isn't that how we like to be? I mean, I like to complain about the church. I like to complain about my circumstances. I like to complain about my companion. I want to complain about my kids, complain about my job. Or I could say, how can I fix things so I have a better life? Right? And, and taking responsibility uh, takes away my complaining. See, what complaining is, is it's all the other guy's fault. And we see a lot of that. Don't we see a lot of that in church? People complaining, people bellyaching, uh, people finding fault. And then people say to me, and I cannot tell you the multitude of people who have told me this. They, they come in, they say, Pastor, I'd just do anything if I could get my, if I could get my problem straightened out. I do anything, Pastor. If I, and then this is what I do. I sit down and tell them, this is how you get your problem straightened out. And they say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I know I don't want to do that. I meant I want you to pray and my problems all go away. No, that's not how it works. You have to stop doing what you're doing right now if you want things to get better. 
No, no, I want you to pray and my problems go away. I am hurting so bad, Pastor, will you just make everything better? Sure, I'll help you. Let me tell you what the Bible says. No, I'm not interested in what the Bible says. I want to do, I want you to pray and my problems all go away. And they go out just as bad a shape as they came in because they didn't really come for an answer. They came for a magic trick that would fix all of their problems. So this man has the answer standing right before him. He's been there 38 years. Jesus asked him, wilt thou be made whole? And I thought this is so much like church people. So you got Jesus Christ standing in front of you, who all he has to do is just speak a word and you'll be healed. He asks you, will you be made better? And this is what the man says. Oh, sir, I have no one to put me in the water. And when it's troubled, somebody comes before me. I got an excuse why I'm not any better. I'm not trying to be offensive this morning. I'm trying to help you. We're living in a society of excuses. I've always got an excuse. Pastor, I can't get over this. I have an excuse. Oh, Pastor, my situation is not like everybody else's. Oh, Pastor, I'm not, I, I can't do any better. That's what he did. He made excuses. And as long as we're making excuses, we're never going to get better. So... Um, we were in biblical counseling, several of us from a church, I think it was about 10 of us from a church that took uh, biblical counseling training. And I was really kind of amazed at, at the approach. that. Now, this is a national, social, a national organization, and they all over the country, and I think it is a very, very good organization, and they counsel all over uh, the world, and they help people um, who have problems. And it doesn't matter if you have marital problems, addiction problems, it doesn't matter what problem, it, just like I said, any problem you have, they'll help you. But they have a really, really strange approach. They have a really, really strange approach. And after pastoring for a long time, I just wonder how, how it really works. But here's their approach in counseling. Okay, Here, here's their approach to, to how they deal with things. So you're in a counseling session. Pastor, our marriage is falling apart. Well, if you do this and this and this and this, you won't have that problem anymore. If you don't do this and this and this, you're going to keep on having a problem. What do you want to do? Do you want to have your better marriage? Or do you want your marriage to fall apart? Because this will fix your marriage if you'll do it. If you don't do this, don't come back and ask me for problems because your marriage ain't going to get better. You say, Pastor, that really hurts my feelings. I thought you'd just pray and things would get better. No. We'll tell you what the Bible says and you can get better. Now, in the day we're living in, that's not, that doesn't seem to be very popular. It doesn't seem to be very accepted. But can I, just, can, I, can I just stop right here in the message for a second? I love everybody here with all my heart. But can I tell you, starting over at this wall and over at this wall and all the way back, every last person here and everybody watching this online, can I promise you without any reservation that every last person sitting here, I can fix every last problem you have? There is nothing the Word of God cannot fix. But some of you don't want to be fixed. You don't want to be fixed because that would entail changing the way you've... Now, if you've lived 38 years laying there having people feel sorry for you, it's really hard to get up and say, tomorrow, I'm going to work. I'm getting up 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm putting on my work clothes. I'm going out there. I'm going to work 12 hours a day, and I'm going to make a living instead of somebody giving me money. And that's why a lot of people don't ever get better. Now, you know, without pastor saying it, have any of you ever went to church with people for 30, 40, 50 years, and they've had the same problem since day one, and they've never got a bit better? Kim's trying really hard not to smile right now. All right? 
Listen, we've all seen it, but they have heard how to get over that problem and they won't get over that problem. And it's like Jesus said, now, if your marriage is falling apart and I was to say to you, would you like for your marriage to be better? That seems like a really dumb question. But you know what I'm really asking you? Are you willing to change to make your marriage better? Because if you're not willing to change, you're going to have keep on having the same problems. So, so people's response is really strange. They, they, they say they want help. But they, in the end, they end up um, not wanting the advice that we give them. And so, uh, really, sometimes it comes down to people don't want to change. Everybody with me? They don't want to change. They, 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 don't want, they don't want to change the way that they are living. But Jesus has the answer. So, <clears throat> we can say no thanks when we get the truth. Or we could let the Word of God fix us. You guys with me? Point number three, putting it in practice. Putting it in practice. So, so you know, we, we've talked about this. I'm just going to make this real, and I'm going to make this real uh, as clear as I possibly can, uh, what you, so as you'll understand what I'm saying about the, I've already said church should be the place where anybody can come and get an answer to any problem they have. But I've already said if you don't do what the Bible says, it doesn't really do you any good to ask. Do you know how many people have come in here I mean, if you really think about it, probably by the hundreds and maybe thousands of people who have come into this church and have said, I don't want to go to hell. Is there anybody who really wants to go to hell? I mean, does, does anybody really want to burn forever and ever and ever in a lake of fire? Is there anybody who really says, yeah, I, that's what I want to do. I want to go to hell. Nobody wants to go to hell, right? So then you explain to them, okay, you've come to the right place. If you don't want to go to hell, you've come to the right place. We, today, we can keep you out of hell. If you're watching this online, if you're here this morning, can I just tell you that if you're right now on your way to hell, we can fix that problem right now. We can change that so you will not go to hell and you will go to heaven forever and ever and ever. Great, Pastor, sign me up. I don't want to go to hell. Well, let me explain to you what that means. That means you've got to admit that you were wrong, that you're a sinner, that Jesus died for your sins, and you're going to repent of everything you've ever done, and you're going to live for Jesus. Oh, no, I want to go to heaven, but I didn't really want to sign up for that. And they turn around and go back out the door, and they live, and they die, and they burn forever. Is anybody with me? That, that, they said, no thanks. I've got the solution to keep you out of hell. I've got a way you can go to heaven. I have a way to have all your sins. It doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what sins you've committed. I have a way that will fix all of your sins, but you have to be willing to say, yes, I want that. Or you could say, no thanks. No thanks. Jesus gives us that, that option to choose to surrender or not, but we don't get to choose the consequences. If you say no thank you, he says okay, but then you die and go to hell. You come in as a Christian. Oh, pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm having a terrible time. My kids are just a mess. I, I'm, I, I've got terrible problems. My, my finances are terrible. My, my marriage is terrible. We have all these things. And we say we want help. But as I've already said, so many of those people who say they want help, they are not willing to do what the Bible says. Let, let me just throw this out there for you real simple. You guys, th- th- I know this is very, very, very simplistic. And, and listen... I, I want to say right up front, as the pastor, marriage is hard. 
marriage is hard. It is about as hard as anything you can do. And I think I have the perfect woman, and it is hard being married to Renee. It is, it is, it is hard to be married, okay? That, that's, I think that's just because you have two um, messed up people trying to live together. That's going to be hard, right? But let me ask this. No matter what the situation, I don't care if, if one of you have been unfaithful. I don't care if the, I don't care what has been. I don't care what's been said. I don't care what's been done. If he will love her like Jesus loves the church, and she will honor him like he is Christ, there is no problem that cannot be fixed. Does anybody believe that? Oh no, our marriage isn't like that. It's not that we just have irreconcilable differences. No, you don't. You're not doing what the Bible says. Because the Bible, you do what the Bible says, you have a good marriage. Can I just tell you that I am very, very hard-headed and Renee uh, can be difficult. Can I just tell you, we, we, I cannot believe this, we've been married for almost 32 years. Blows my mind. Can I tell you that it's better today than it's ever been ever? Do you know why? I've had to humble myself down and love her like Christ when she wasn't lovable. And she's had to learn to honor me as she honors the Lord because that is what the Bible says. And I could give you, you know, those of you that have been here a long time, uh, you could tell me a lot of reasons why we should have never got married. Right? That's what everybody said. You two cannot get married. That will not work. Right? It will not work. Right? That's what everybody said. And in all honesty, it should have never worked. But it did. Not the rabbit trail. Most of you have no clue what I'm talking about. But you know what's fascinating to me about that? You know, 32 years ago, God could see today. And 32 years ago, that was the dumbest thing anybody could ever do, is for me and Renee to get married. And 32 years down the road, he said, that just makes perfect sense. That just is perfectly logical, right? Those of you that don't, don't know, don't need to know, okay? But, but my point is this. My point is this. Marriages aren't broken because they're not fixable. Marriages are broken because we don't know what the Bible says. And you find me a good marriage, I'll find you a marriage that's doing what the Bible says. People have addictions. Oh, it's so hard, I can't break addictions. Do you know the Bible has the answer to overcome addictions? Do you know um, uh, any problem you can come up with, God has the answer, but you have to be willing to lay down what you've always done and do it a different way. And last thing, let me throw this at you, and then we'll we'll bring this thing in for landing. I know this is true. I know this is, is this has been going on in this church for a long, long time. But you know, there are people, there are people that have been saved for 30, 40, 50 years, and they're still struggling with the same sins for the same 30 years. Now they've heard it preached on, they've heard it talked about, they've had it, they've clearly had it laid out to them that it is wrong. They just continue to do it. Is anybody with me this morning? Why do you do that? Why, why do you do that? Why do you call yourself a Christian, know that it is wrong, but just continue to do it anyways? And this is what you would say, I'm only human, I can't help it, my situation's different. No, you don't want to do what the Bible says. Is, it, is anybody with me? It's just that simple. Pastor, I'm just the type of person who worries all the time. I can't help it. You can help it if you're willing to get up and let Jesus fix you. I am just the type of person who loses my cool and I get angry and I get mad all the time. God can fix that if you will let him. We have some people in this church who could stand up and testify. I used to have a horrible temper and God took it away from me. 
But there are other people who have been saved for 30, 40 years who still have that horrible temper and they have no desire to get rid of it because it's a mighty handy tool whenever you're fighting. Is anybody with me? You have to be willing to change. Well, Pastor, I, I, uh, um, I'm just always in a state of depression. I'm just always down and discouraged and in a bad way. Do you really want to get better? Do you really? Now, if you have something physically wrong with you, you need to go to the doctor. But if you're just always depressed and sad and down, that is not the Christian life. And if you have that, there are answers to fix that problem. Most everybody knows Renee's been going through some horrible things of late. And, and she's really, really, uh, clinging to the Lord. And she's come to the place where she realizes I can sit and feel sorry for myself and things are horrible to the point of I don't even want to live anymore or I can look to Jesus and everything's going to be all right. Which one of those is easier, by the way? A pity party is 10 times easier than straightening out your life. It's 10 times easier. It's so much easier to say, it's, it's Gary's fault. If it wasn't for Gary, I'd have a better life. And, and it's the church's fault. It's everybody's fault. And I'm so miserable. And someone needs to feel sorry for me. That's so much easier than saying, you know what? I'm going to look to Jesus and I'm going to have a good life. Amen? So my question for everybody here this morning is, wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? You say, no thanks, Pastor. I'm, I'm not interested. Well, you don't have to. You can continue to, to battle the problems you have. Isn't it astounding that Jesus walks up to this pool and you know he could have walked in and healed every last person there. And he did not do that, according to Scripture. But he could have healed everybody there. But he, this man here, all he had to do was say, get up and walk. And it says immediately, immediately, that man that for 38 years had struggled, immediately he got up and walked. Isn't it astounding that if you were here right now and you were lost, within seconds you can go from going to hell to going to heaven because we have the answer, if you will. But you can say no thanks and you can go out that door and you're still going to hell. If you're here struggling with some problem in your life, I don't care what it is, God can fix it immediately. God can fix your life. If you will. But if you won't, Go on being the way you are. You say, Pastor, that's too simple. No, it's really just about that simple. You do what God says, He'll fix things for you. You don't do what God says, keep on living the way you are. And so, we got to make a decision. When you say no, you cut off God. Do I dare say this? And I'm not trying to come across cold or hard this morning. That's not my intentions. And I, I know this is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. But I, I'm trying to say this as humble as I know how. And, I, you know, if I would cry, it would probably make you feel better. But I just say I'm trying to be humble when I say this. If you say no to God's answer, you cut off God from helping you because you won't do what He says. You really have no more need to complain. You can't say my life is so bad if you won't do what God says. You can't say, I don't want to go to hell. I'm just not ready to be a Christian. You do want to go to hell. You want to go to hell more than you want to be a Christian. You, you, can't, you can't blame anybody else. We really come down to, this is a very uh, rubber meets the road kind of message. If you want better, you can be better immediately. Do what Jesus says. And if you don't, you really kind of need to quit complaining because God can fix you.
We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com.